and welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. We've been waiting for you. We pray this message inspires, encourages, and blesses you. Thanks for listening. We're beginning a series today called The Blessed Life. It's a repeat series. Um, that I have done before in part, although really um, praying about and spending time and preparations around the message. But uh, the title of this series is called The Blessed Life. This message is called It's All About the Heart. The Bible uses a word that is interpreted as blessed, which means the privileged recipient of God's favour and to be fortunate and happy because of it. That doesn't excite one person in this place. <laughs> the blessed life. I, I, I believe over the next several weeks, we're going to discover truth from God's word that when applied to our lives, we'll truly see our lives blessed. I believe God is going to reveal things to us about God's plan for our finances, money and our hearts that will bless our future our marriages, our families, businesses, church and ministries, not just our bank accounts. Blessed means the supernatural power of God working for you. God is a generous God and He wants you and I to be the same. Proverbs 11, 24, 26, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. You've never seen a person with a poverty mentality be a generous person. But you may see at some point, as I have, in different areas of the world, a person that's in poverty be generous. Pastor Mariana will testify a great missionary friend in Thailand that sometimes the most generous people don't have much at all. Why? Because it's about your heart. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Generous by nature means to give. How can your world get larger when you give? Some people said to me, have said to me before, how often do you preach about giving? My response to them would be, I, I preach about giving every week. We're only here because Jesus gave. I think what people are asking is, how often do you preach about money and financial giving? Uh, And this is the first specific teaching series that we've taught on finances, giving and stewardship since 2019, (laughs) pre-COVID. You know, there are more than 500 verses in the Bible concerning prayer, nearly 500 verses concerning faith, but more than 2,000 verses on the subject of money and possessions. In fact... uh, Studies have shown that couples, if you're a married person in this place today, or couples argue about what they argue about the most is sex, kids, raising kids, and money. So it's significant for us to talk about this. Jesus spoke about money in 16 of his 38 parables. From a biblical standpoint, we need to understand money and how to handle it. Giving, it's all about the heart. 
That's the title of my message. It's all about the heart. People might say, you know, maybe you're already thinking, you know, oh, the church just wants my money. The church just wants my money. No, the church doesn't want your money. God wants your money. <laughs> Why? Because your treasure is connected with your heart. In fact, there's scripture. Jesus himself said this. Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I'm convinced that, you know, a person's heart is connected to their wallet. You know, they pull, we may not carry wallets that much now, but you, know, you pull your wallet out, it's like, oh. You know, there's like a string, invisible string, you know. like oh. If you doubt that scripture, the meaning of that scripture, you ever been to the races or watch somebody go to the races and they put some money on a horse or, or, or whatever, you, you can see quite clearly that a person's, Heart is connected with their treasure. They've either, you know, ripping up that thing in disgust and trampling it and they're disgusted. Or they're shouting and they're jumping on their back's mate and, you know, their, their mate's back and riding him around like a horse himself. Why? Because your heart is connected with your treasure. If you've seen somebody that has put money into stocks, how often do you see them, you know, at lunchtime and they're scrolling through their stocks? What's happened that way? Why is that? It's because your heart... Your heart, when the Bible speaks about your heart, your emotions, the basis of who you really are is connected to your treasure. It's a heart issue. So how do you develop a generous heart? Here's the question that I'm going to hopefully answer in the next 15 minutes. How do you develop a generous heart? First of all, we're going to look at this passage from Deuteronomy. This passage is a passage that God is giving to the people of God when He's creating a blueprint, a format on how God's people should live their lives. He's creating a new community. And we see this written in the book of Gen- in Deuteronomy, how God is revealing how God's people should live and how they should be in community of faith. And so we pick it up in Deuteronomy 15, 7 to 11. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of you, Within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not, what's the language here? You shall not harden your what? Nor shut your hand from your poor brother. But you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your where? Heart. Wicked thought in your heart. Can you see what God's saying here? Saying the seventh year, the year of release is at hand and your eye will be evil against your poor brother and you give him nothing and he cry out to the Lord against you and it becomes sin among you. Here's the first thought around how do you develop a generous heart? Is this, deal with a selfish heart. Deal with a selfish heart. Jesus is saying here, he's introducing this thought that's already been introduced around the year of Jubilee, which is really a year that God instituted where all debts would be cancelled. Who would love to re-implement that? You know, where all debts would be cancelled. And God says, I want you to do this every seven years. And God says, you know, don't be stingy in the way that you approach somebody that, you know, not to give them a loan if there's only one year away from you know, the year of Jubilee, because that's not much debt to repay. Don't be like that, he's saying. He's saying, don't be selfish like that. I want you to be like me, and that is generous. 
God is overwhelmingly generous to His people. In fact, this scripture we see here that in God's eyes, selfishness is actually connected to wickedness, which is a pretty strong word, right? I want you to be generous like I am generous is what God is saying. I remember this conversation coming up many years ago in a Bible college lecture. And the Bible college lecturer really prompted, I think he was just kind of trying to bait us. He said, asked us these questions, this question, he said, why did God create giving? And, and, you know, us young punks, you know, trying to have all the right answers, you know, many of us overwhelmingly came back with a response to support his work, to support the work of the Lord. And the Bible college lecturer pushed back again and said, do you really think God needs your money to support his work? He reminded us, he went right through it. His Bible college lecture was pretty smart. He went right through, you know, the Lord, how the streets of heaven are paved with gold, how the gates of, of heaven are made of pearl. He went through just the depth and width of God's unique greatness and wonder that is all in his hand. He said, he said these things. He, didn't, he said that God didn't create giving for his benefit. He created giving for your sake, he pointed us and said. Giving works selfishness out of our lives. You see, the problem that I have with a lot of teaching on giving is based on giving to get. Give this and you'll get this. Now, don't get me wrong. God is incredibly generous that, you, you know, I say all the time, you can't outgive God. You really can't, even if you try, you can't outgive him. But sometimes we teach, that teaching like this can become a teaching on getting. And it actually encourages the selfishness that God is actually trying to outwork out of our lives. Uh, it really enforces sometimes the selfishness that God is trying to work out of our lives. Ladies, I've got a confession for you. Today, um, I've got to tell you, ladies, that men are selfish. No amens from the front row, particularly. And look over this way. Men are selfish. We will not share our food with you. Man, help me out of here. You know, you, you've had a wonderful meal. You've been out for dinner. Get the dessert menu. Your wife, your partner, your girlfriend, what, what does she say? Oh, look, you order one and I'll just have some of yours. My normal comment is, darling, I love you, but you order your own because you will not have some of mine. I'll pay for it. Order two. Leave one to the side, but you're not sharing mine. So deal with, Lord wants to encourage us to deal with a selfish heart. Verse 10, you shall surely give to him. This is what the Lord's saying to God's people. You shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and all to which you put your hand. Here's the second thought when God is encouraging us to have a generous heart is to deal with a grieving heart. You see, you give from your heart. 
with all your heart. Selfishness attacks us before we give. Grief attacks us after we give. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you have given financially to the church um, in tithes and you've grieved. It's like, whoa. Pastor John was actually sharing a little bit of that. He was on the edge of grieving. It's like, well, I've given so much. That, that's, that's grieving. Sometimes you've given to a, a bigger offering like we're coming into in the next couple of weeks, like building a legacy, and you've given something. It's like, oh, that really hurts. And we grieve. We kind of, it's like a sense of regret. Maybe we've just been generous to somebody. And it's like, oh, man, I, I should have held that back and it would have helped my family a lot more. That's a sense of grieving. The thing is, is that it is a sure sign that what God wants to do in our life hasn't yet happened yet because God wants our hearts to change. That's, that, that, that's what we're encouraged to do in 2 Corinthians 9-7, that God loves a what? A cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. I remember one time getting a brand new surfboard, custom designed for me, and a friend came up from Sydney, and so I took him for a surf. Um, I'd ridden the board once before. It was a beautiful board. Got new fins in. It was just, it was beautiful. I'd ridden it once. It was just, yeah, it was just gold to surf on. And this guy comes up, and, he, and I take him surfing. I give him a loan of the board. He, I says, that was just the best surf I've had like in five years. That board was just amazing. And then I got that little voice, that little nudge. <laughs> oh, look, I try to ignore it like you. Don't you worry. And the nudge was, you know, give him the surfboard. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, no, actually, the first voice was, look, get behind me, Satan, you know. <laughs> and so I, I, I say, look, man, I, I just feel I want to give you, you know, the surfboard. He begins to cry um, because I'm giving him the surfboard. I begin to cry because I'm giving him the surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he says, uh, you know, I just, you know, it's been pretty tight for us. At home. You know, it tells me the whole backstory. And I was just asking the Lord, I'd love a surfboard because it's such a way that I can, you know, connect with God. And, and God had made a setup for me to give this new board. And so, but I've got to tell you, to be honest, for months I was like, oh, why would I give that board away? That board was so good. Like I'm back to my old board and it's like, yeah, it's just like, oh man, what? And I, what was I doing? I was grieving. <laughs> I was grieving that I, I'd given. And so God wanted to work something out in my heart. It's like, you know, when you give it, do it with a smile, even with this painful <laughs> Even certain because God wants to work selfishness out of our lives. That is better to give than to receive. Come on, somebody. See, sometimes some of you grieve when you're giving of your time to the Lord. And it's a sure sign that God's still got a work to do in your heart. You know, you come and serve at church and like, oh man, I could have been down the beach this morning. You know, the surf was cooking this morning. It's a sure sign if you're grieving. And once again, I'm pointing four fingers back at me because this is a journey that we all have. It's a sure sign that we, God is wanting to work selfishness out of our lives. You see, here, here I am um, thinking, talking about, um, you know, this message about being generous, but even in my mind is popping into 
my mind, you know, I'm getting a little bit distracted because here I am talking about giving and all I can think about is lunch and how I can pay for lunch, you know, today. And so sorry about that. I'm just getting a little bit distracted. But Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 50 bucks, 50 spec pineapple. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, by the way. Thank you. That would be one bacon and egg roll from Cubby. Excellent. <laughs> what is the rest of the family going to have? <laughs> now, now he, he, thank you for being generous. Uh, but, you know, um, Petter, Petter's not grieving. Well, maybe you are grieving. <laughs> you, you, you know, he's not grieving. Why? Because I gave him that 50 bucks at the start of the service and said, <laughs> good acting, by the way. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. You see, we cease to grieve when we understand that it's all the Lord's to begin with in the first place. That everything that you have, I just want to remind you humbly that everything that we have, material or not, is the Lord's. So let's ask the Lord to help us deal with a grieving heart. Let me keep on going in the three minutes that I have. Verse 14, you shall supply him. This Once again, God speaking to his people. You shall supply him liberally. That's like generously. This is talking about the person, once again, remember that we should, you know, be generous to them, those people in your life that owe, owe you debts, whatever. You shall supply him liberally from your flock. That's currency of ancient times. From your threshing floor and from your wine press, from what the Lord your God has blessed you with, you shall give to him. This is the third point real quick, is to develop a generous heart. Develop a generous heart. When we were born, if you've had kids, you know that naturally we are born selfish. <laughs> if you've ever had a two-year-old, it's like, me, 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 mine, 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 mine. Not yours, yours, yours. Oh, you want, no, you've got to train that into somebody. You know, what, do you have, what do you say a thousand times when you were kids? Share, share, Johnny, which was appropriate for me, Johnny, share. And, and then, you know, their little mate, two-year-old comes over and they're playing with a toy. They're playing, you, your own Johnny's playing with a toy, but sees your mate playing with the toy and runs over. And, and then he runs over to another toy. And he's like, no, no, no. And it's like, Johnny, share, share. Why? Because we are, are born into this world with um, quite a selfish spirit. But when we're born again, we're reborn with a generous heart. We need to renew our minds. So although I'm speaking to our hearts today, I'm also speaking to our minds that we're renewing our minds. As we grow in Christ, God desires us to reflect His nature and become like the Father. Help me finish the sentence. God so loved the world that He, he gave. This is why I also always ask you in times of miracle offerings, what do you want me, for you to ask the Lord, what do you want me to give? As a father, I'm wanting to nurture in my children a generous heart. That's what I love what the kids ministry did even through this building a legacy offering is to give all our children these noodle boxes with a garden sticker on it. Why? 
to give towards the building fund. Now, currently, this is my youngest eight-year-old. Now, it sounds like about $1.50 in there. So how much building can you actually build with $1.50? Oh, I'm telling you, you're missing the point. If it is about what's in here, that's why Jesus said, look at this lady that has given 12 copper coins. She has given more than the whole guy that put the whole, his whole bankroll in. Why? Because she gave out of what she had. Because it's about our heart. I want a young Caleb, who's eight-year-old presently, who's got a fifty in his noodle box. To be a generous young man, to live a life that's larger, not stingy and small, but large. You know where it begins? It begins with the noodle box. <laughs> training our children, training our, our own hearts to be generous. So develop a generous heart. Here's the last thought. 15, you shall remember that you were slave. Watch this carefully. You shall remember. So now God's saying this is how you're to really remember how to be generous. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Egypt for the Israelites was our sin nature for you and I. And the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. So this is the fourth thought. Develop a grateful heart. Pretty strong language that God uses here. He says, I command you to be generous. I command you to be generous. And he says, remind yourselves that you were slaves. Do you remember we didn't have anything when we didn't have Christ? If you say, no, well, I was pretty good before Christ, I think you've missed salvation. Because you can actually have the world, but nothing without Christ. The first step into salvation is to realise that I am empty, that I am poor in spirit without the richness of the grace and mercy of God. And so a heart, a grateful heart begins with a sense of gratefulness towards God for what he has done for our lives. I remember one of my sons, when they were young, asking me the question when I was talking about finances and and giving some money. I was just talking to him casually of what mom, his mom and I were giving. He said, Dad, why are you doing this? Why do you give to the church? Why do you give to the Lord? And I remember my response I said to him, because I've never gotten over being saved. I've never gotten over being saved. We never graduate from the gospel. We build and grow upon it, but we don't graduate from it. The gospel that Jesus gave his everything. So how do you develop a generous heart? You deal with a selfish heart. You deal with a grieving heart. Develop a generous heart and develop a grateful heart. So I want you to stand right across this place right now. As you stand, I want you to ask the Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me, God? What are you wanting to do in my heart? What are you wanting to say to my heart right now? To echo the nature and the heartbeat of heaven. Why don't you all put your hands on your heart right now? We've been speaking about your heart. Why don't you take your right hand, put it on your heart right now. Let's pray together. Jesus, I just come to you and I'm praying for your people today that there be a mighty, powerful, strong, 
life-giving sense of your presence come upon your people. Lord Jesus, even right now by your spirit, I pray that you would impart the nature of the Father God, of a giving, generous, wonderful, loving Heavenly Father, wanting every moment to pour his love and his grace and his mercy upon mercy upon mercy into our lives. And so, Father, we don't want to be just attenders of church. We want to be Christians, followers of Christ. Thank you for that promise in your word that says a promise over our lives that you'll take our hard, stony hearts and you'll make them alive, hearts full of flesh, hearts full of blood and hope. And I pray, Lord God, even in this moment as we wrap up the service right now, that your spirit would move upon our hearts, would move upon our spirits in fresh ways. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this message today and the word that has come from my mouth. I pray your Holy Spirit would take the seeds of your word that in your word reminds me that will not return void, but will do its work, would bear great fruit and fruit that would remain. I pray, Lord Jesus, for mindsets to change. I pray for hearts to change. I pray, Lord Jesus, for hearts to enlarge. Jesus, hearts to enlarge in this place, Lord God, that we would be a church known for our large heart, our generous spirit, our generous in our words, generous in our time, generous in our love, generous, Lord God, in the way that we live our lives. And I pray, Lord God, a deposit of Your Spirit right now upon every heart and every life in the mighty Name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. When we give Jesus a hand clap of praise for His goodness and His grace. Garden is a life-giving church with a passionate commitment to help people grow in a loving relationship with Jesus, to gather in a faith-filled community, and to go and make a difference in our world. Find out more at gardenchurch.com. That's G-A-R-D-N church.com. Or on Instagram and Facebook at Garden Church. That's G-A-R-D-N church.